There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, I'm Steph. And I'm Simon. And welcome to The Food Fight, where we offer a different perspective on food culture issues around Australia and the world. We'll talk with chefs, producers, business owners and experts to hear their stories and find out what makes them tick. This episode, we're joined by friend of the show, Andy Burns, to catch up on how COVID-19 is affecting his businesses and talk about how the situation has progressed. All right, let's get going. Another episode of the Food Fight podcast, live from, well, not live, from Night, pa- from Night Parrot. <laughs> you misunderstood what a podcast is, Steph. It's live to us. We're yeah, sitting well, here. Yeah. yeah, live at one point. <laughs> my name's Steph Postuma, joined by my co-host, Simon Evans, uh, hey. and former co-host, friend of the show, and now guest of the show, Andy Burns. I am most definitely a friend of this show. Full circle. I wholly endorse this product. <laughs> you're, the, you're the show's best friend. You're our bestie. Okay, well, as usual, we'd like to start with an acknowledgement of country. We'd like to acknowledge the Dharawal people, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which we gather today and pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. And it's Reconciliation Week this week. So, um, yeah, I just hope that people sort of especially in, our, um, in this industry, um, continue, to, continue to have in their conscience um, the, the progress that's being made when it comes to Indigenous and Native food and things like that, work that guys like you uh, and Tom are doing, Simon, in your restaurants. Um, there's some, definitely some interesting reading and information out there uh, and some books and things like that. Definitely Dark Emu is a good place to start for people who want to learn more about yeah, um, food and Indigenous culture as well. Um, so we'd just like to acknowledge that um, during Reconciliation Week this week. But uh, yeah, let's get on with um, get on with the Food Fight podcast. Guys, um, I think we just, we just decided to sit down to have a bit of a, a chat and a catch up to see how everyone's going during um, this pandemic um, that everyone's just thrilled to be a part of. Mm. Loving it. Yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> keeping it light, keeping it light yeah, this week. Yeah. But um, Andy, Sorry. like... I guess, like, one of the reasons we wanted to get you to come and join us is that you, your, your experience is obviously a lot different to um, Simon's because because of the the three different businesses that you have, and um, you know, and every biz- business is different. So every way that you approach this pandemic, um, 
is going to be different. But uh, for people who don't know, Andy owns Babyface Kitchen here in Wollongong, Two Smoking Barrels, which is a food truck and uh, American barbecue venue, and uh, also Ardette's Bistro in uh, the Shell Harbour Links Golf Club. Andy, um, what's been going on, mate? Well, um, <laughs> it's a good question, isn't it? I don't know. Lots and nothing, I guess. Yeah. Like, um, I think to start with, everything was super stressful. Um, won't harp on about it because I think everyone's harped on about it like, yeah, en- we, enough. Um, we did the initial hard podcast, yeah. the hard podcast. Mm, yeah. um, I mean, for us, just, just really quickly, like, I guess for us, like the hard part was like navigating the whole um, JobKeeper thing. Um, working out for starters who was eligible like when it was from like it was it's pretty clear now but like if you don't own a small business you probably don't realise like when you were going through that it was like a massive shit show for business owners um, there was a lot of information coming out about specifics of it well it was I mean it was dribs and drabs wasn't it yeah. and, and yeah. basically something would get announced and then like I think once it got announced it wasn't for three weeks that we actually had any idea what was going on? Um, yeah, I think from the staff point of view, as soon as that came out, all the staff were kind of you know get, getting on to everyone about it. Obviously, rightly so, they wanted to uh, get some money, but that kind of uh, made it hard when you were getting the pressure from your staff when you were like, "I yeah. oh, we have no idea yet. Yeah, we sort of know." Well, when the I mean, when the prime minister says on television, like I watched it, he said, "Don't call Centrelink, call your employers," and then yeah. doesn't legislate it for three weeks. Yeah. It's like, mm. yeah, it's an inevitable shit show. But like once we sort of, well, Jen mainly had the hard job of kind of navigating her way through that, and, and with the help of our accountant, um, you know, we had to front a pretty large sum of money um, before we got anything back off the government. Um, so once that stress all ended. Um, it's actually been a little bit more relaxing mm. than my normal lifestyle. Yeah. Um, to be honest. So, uh, like the so last. So, what's the status of Babyface at the moment? We're we're doing. We have been like it's about to change, but we have been doing takeaway. Um, it started with like basically dinners for two because um, it was kind of all you were allowed to have really, unless you lived with people. It was so like there were a lot of just two's ordering and so we just did dinners for two uh thursday friday and saturday nights now it's kind of like it's still set up as just a shared dinner for two but you can chop and change what you what you have if there's more people obviously um we started by doing yeah that thursday friday saturday nights and then we do we just kind of one week said why don't we do a bake sale um we'll just you know everyone was loving our bread and cultured butter and stuff so we thought why the heck don't we just pull some of our old desserts out and just make a bunch of new stuff as well like we do we do some random shit like it's, mm. it's it was all supposed to just be a bit of fun and then it got quite serious when um like one of the guys said oh have you looked at like we had a first couple of customers and one said have you looked out the front and i said what do you like no not really <laughs> like, <laughs> and i stuck my head out and realized the line was down like and back around the corner onto um, Market Street. Um, 
And then I kind of shit myself because we hadn't made anywhere near enough food. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got one oven. Like, yeah. we're, not, we're not a fucking bakery. <laughs> you're not expecting like, it as well. No. Did you, have to, did you cap the quantity people could buy or anything? Like, well, yeah, we had we yeah. had to, much to people's dismay. Like, we, yeah. we, we did. And then even still, like, I had to go down halfway down the line and say, like, I did this, like, really early on and just said, look, guys, like, I'm really sorry. We just, there's not going to be anything left when you get there. So they all just kind of laughed. And, and walked away and then came back the next week. Um, so that was really cool to see. But, yeah, that, like, it was, it was a massive surprise. It's calmed down a bit now, um, which is good because... The, the bake sales. Yeah. Sales. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's still really, it still goes really well, but, like, people just kind of have figured out they can just dribble through. And, like, we bake enough now, so there's heaps of stuff for the, yeah, okay. for the whole kind of hour and a half. Um, but, yeah, so that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah, okay. Um, it covers the four days. And what about barrels? They're doing, I mean... Down there was obviously a lot easier. Like Babyface got flipped on its head. Um, let's kind of do something that A, we don't do and B, um, that we have to kind of, you know, make food to travel, yeah. et cetera. Whereas Barrels just was, we already do a lot of takeaway down there. Yeah. Um, so we just cut the hours back. Um, the, whole, the hours thing was mainly because we wanted to keep our full-time staff on but we didn't know even if we or they would be eligible for JobKeeper. Mm. So we didn't want to commit to all our staff that were said to be eligible. But <laughs> anyway, so we, we made it so it worked just to have those full-timers on. Regardless if, the, as if, regardless if they were eligible or not, we could still afford to, to pay them with the trade we had. Um, so that worked well for us and them. Um, and we just kept to the same hours down there, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, lunch and dinner takeaway and then we just amped up our own delivery awesome we just have um one or we had two drivers running around um one mm-hmm. just one guy on job keeper who's just super keen to work he's like i'll do anything he works so it's harry from babyface so mm. he drives down there for them and then one of the guys whoever else is kind of available drives as well got had to get like two phones we got like just inundated yeah like, right at, at first more so until we got it under control but um really just I think that was the kind of food people were just crying out for. It was yeah. like affordable. Yep. So they kind of were like, okay, well, if we're having a night out, we know that we can get by still just buying some burgers and fries and whatever. Um, and then we had the food truck doing three days a week as well. So feel free to, I'm going to ask you a pretty direct question but for, and feel free to answer it vaguely or not answer it at all. But like... Um, I've, I've heard some people talking in private about how essentially like businesses that can translate really easily and, and, and sort of shift and, and, and that already do takeaway are, are literally turning over more than they were before COVID or about the same. Mm. Like, did you, where are you guys between the black and the red and the green and the, like, the colours? I think some businesses definitely just like pumped things up and just like went super hard and... Like, our kind of theory was like, let's just keep this simple because we don't know what the fuck A is happening, B is going to happen. Like, Mm -hmm. how long is this going to last? And we just didn't want to... We didn't want to completely, like, just flip things and, like, have new branding and, like... I mean, power to you if you did and had the energy to, but, like, Mm. we were pretty spent. Like, we'd go pretty hard anyway. Yeah. Um, And we just wanted to, honestly, keep it simple and we just kind of figured this is, like, a time for us where... Let's just get through this, um, look after our staff and ourselves and come out the other side. Mm. And I think once we kind of had that mentality, we just continued on with that. We haven't even really thought 
mm. like let's open six days a week and try and really pump this up yeah, and okay. like at the same time like we like for us to get JobKeeper you know you had to pass this initial test of loss of income um, and we didn't know if that was going to be taken off us if we took more than that, what those initial figures were. Or That's we an just, interesting one, isn't it? So we didn't, we didn't want to end up in a position where we had to pay the government back money or something yeah. and end up in this grey area where it wasn't viable without JobKeeper because we couldn't take as much as what we were taking before this started mm. and end up in this grey area where like, we we're taking too much to be on JobKeeper but not enough to pay our full rent and you know, like, mm. have all our, like, pay all our bills and stuff. So we just thought, let's just keep this simple. And make our lives simple, like our already fucking super stressful lives simple as business owners, um, and come out the other side of it, and then then go hard. Like, okay. Yeah. Cool. That was our mentality. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I've I've heard mixed stories. Yeah. Well, there's then, definitely mixed stories. Then, like you say, like you, if you're easily adaptable to this, you know, which which two smoking barrels is. Um, mm. Yeah. I think like so, some businesses, they just have the same business model, but without people sitting in. Yeah. So things things like burgers, like. Burgers will always go. People always want burgers, especially if people are stuck at home. That was yep. like, yeah, this is the, the most eaten. It's got to be the most eaten food in the world. For sure. <laughs> so, so some businesses could just just go, okay, cool. We don't have in customers in anymore. And you know, ramp, ramp up your delivery, ramp up your takeaway, and, and fine. Um, so I think Business League probably didn't do, I don't think they're doing as well, but they, they probably didn't do too bad. And obviously once you kind of cut some overheads and you, you're kind of, your margins are probably similar. Um, and your costs are probably a bit lower if you've managed to get a reduction on rent and your staff being paid for. I think it's um, you know, it's restaurants that found it harder. Because like Andy's saying, you didn't know what was happening you know, the week after next or what was going to happen two months, whether this, whether this is going to last a month or two months or three months. Like You didn't know mm. how quite how far to go. Like I said, do you like completely you know, change your thing up or do you try and keep some semblance of what you were doing before? Um, and I think restaurants like that have been the, the harder ones to, to transition because it's a whole new thing. Like you know, you've got to do new food, you've got to get fucking put in takeaway containers and mm. work out how far it can travel and how you can deliver it and yeah, yeah. All, all these things. Yeah. So obviously some businesses have had a lot of an easier transition to you know, whatever model they, they could kind of uh, make work. Yeah. And we, yeah. How like... I want to go back to go back. I want to go back to the Babyface Bake Sale because I find I find it cool that it's so well supported. Like, is there enough is there enough money in that to for you to sort of think? Well, maybe we'll just keep doing this on Sunday morning, sort of thing. Like, it's a nice little extra. Like, what are there are there things that you've already learnt that you feel like you'll take through into and continue through with the business? you know or any of your businesses you know on the other side definitely man yeah yeah, yeah like the bake sale um we'd love to keep doing it on some level hey yeah. like what I, I would probably like you know like say we would drop sunday night or something and just do bake sale and a bit of sunday lunch the guys would love it because they'd be like yeah cool i'll just come in early and i don't have to work sunday night because sunday <laughs> nights can be a drag like after yeah. a yeah. busy saturday night and then, like, if you get a little bit busy on a Sunday, you know, it's minimally staffed, you're kind of stretched, and you don't... The last thing you want to be doing is getting out at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night. Yeah. So, like, de- like it's we, we don't know what we're going to do, but it's definitely, like, in my head to maybe keep it going. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think... I mean, Simon, I'm sure Simon would agree, like, just... Yeah, like, the simplicity, like, we've had through this of, like, staffing... And, like, you know, you've got no front of house staff. Like, it's just, like, you kind of think to yourself, man, how can, 
how can I continue some of this model like through? Well, exactly. Like, obviously, well, we want you know we love. I think some the of service it is, and everything. But you don't know how. Every 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 month, you've kind of had to readdress what you think customers are going to do in the future. So something like the bake sale, when people are you know stuck at home and it's an excuse to go out, yep. stand in the queue, probably see all your friends because they all go in as well. Yep. It's almost a little event. That's what they're um, doing. <laughs> like yeah, like I, I went one time and there's the whole queue is people you knew. Yeah, for those kind of people in hospital and friends and stuff. So whether people would still want to do that on a normal Sunday when, when things are kind of back to, to whatever normalcy we, we get to is, yep. is another question. It's like the same with, uh, with, with here, we're doing takeaway. Um, as soon as we're allowed to have 10 people open, takeaway dropped off massively. We still do a bit on the weekends, but we're not sure how that's going to go going forward, what we'll be able to handle when we have customers in here. So it's, it's another reassessment coming up. Yeah. Have you kept of, the same takeaway hours like that you were doing? No, we, we've, we, cha- we started with... Because start with it was just Tom and I until. So we we're talking about Night Parrot to the listeners who don't know that yeah, Simon's good. talking about if the business mention. that we're sitting in now that does takeaway yeah. um, dumplings and other um, cool Asian food. So we because just Tom and I to start with until we worked out what JobKeepers was doing. Um, so we did. Um, we started just doing five days and Tom and I. Spl- oh no, we started doing five days and Tom and I were working both and we we're doing our own delivery and like I was cooking and taking orders and Tom was delivering. Then we got slammed. Um, the first weekend on takeaway yeah yeah the, f- the first the first night we opened is a Thursday we just did our own delivery and it was just the two of us oh, we had a critical okay. fucking Tom's dad Mark in to come run some food <laughs> for us we're like we've we're like we got slammed we weren't ready like I wasn't set up I didn't have like my containers out didn't have like just wasn't ex- didn't know what to expect so just went into it like, obviously a bit fucking flummox from everything that's happening so good just walked into it and just got slapped down um, <laughs> fucking going down on takeaway yeah yeah oh, yeah <laughs> it was fucking wild um so yeah, so then we changed to to five days, and then we did we both did every shift. Then we got our staff back, and we went to seven days, and then not long after that, then we could have ten people in. So it's been it's constantly changed. So we're now we're doing four days, obviously with customers in. Yeah. So we've we've gone from doing every night to five nights to four nights to whatever we've done in between as well. And now that so we find ourselves, what is it? It's the first of June today. Um, we're at what are we at we're at 50 people max but we're all, like no matter what size your venue is sort of thing you're still obeying the one person per four square meter rule that's mm-hmm. where we're at at Which the I moment we're pro- this, this will probably be what most businesses are at for a while do you think that like is is one person per, per four square meters like is that a viable proposition for i'll ask you both like but starting with you andy like is that can you get enough people in to babyface to justify opening the kitchen and properly doing services? Not, not for like, not to go back to what, like the numbers we were doing. No, no. Yeah. Okay. Like we can't. Like when once you, it's surprising. Like we've got like a great square meterage because we've got high ceilings and everything. Like if that's exactly what you know, if that's what you're basing it off. But like once you actually, we've got a massive bar and it, like once you space the tables out appropriately. Like you can't, like we can't have as many people as like your square meter each. Like it yeah. just doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah, no, like of it's, course. It's great for people to say, "Oh, you got two hundred square meters. Cool, you can have fifty people." Like, but like, so no, not unless like we we're doing like multiple sittings, and it would be really stressful to to kind of really push it to try and get back to normal. Like you, you just, and you people wouldn't be happy. Like, so, so we're, we're gonna we're, we will open. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, but we're just going to, again, keep it really simple. Okay. Do three nights and just see how that goes. Yep. Um, but no, to answer your question. Yep. Simon, here at, at, at Night Parrot? 
Um, yeah, so we can do 20 from this week. Okay. Um, again, it's, I mean, it's trying to space tables out is tough. Look, look it's quite a lot of big groups. So obviously they, they, they're fine to sit together. Um, so yeah, 20 is not too bad here. Um, especially we're, we're doing like an hour and a half sittings and we can turn over. Um, but it's the food simple here. Like we can you know, knock out 10 people's food in, in half an hour. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cruisy here. Um, restaurant wise, like you wouldn't be able to turn tables anyway, unless you completely change what you're doing. Mm. Um, you know, Kavo tastes the menu takes two, two and a half hours. So you can only do one sitting. Would you be like, is it worth 20 people when, I mean, some weekdays we wouldn't do 20 people anyway. So it's um it's still a difficult proposition for most restaurants again it depends what you do if things if things are simple in a bar that's that's fine you can get away with that mm. so as but as you said though simon like i guess we're kind of looking at this this one per four square meters this reduced capacity like for for a while now until mm. like you'd you'd assume probably that the next the next lifting of restrictions will be full capacity in, or, or close to or something like that? A hundred? Well, yeah, but it seems like the, the one person per four square metres, that seems to be the constant. If yeah. they keep changing the Well, that's what I mean. For, yeah. for venues like this that can't uh, This will be, I think for most venues now, for most smaller bars, restaurants, like whatever they can do after this this relaxing, then that, that's what they'll be doing for a while. Until yeah. all social distancing restrictions are lifted. Exactly. We're, we're, exactly. we're going to be at the same capacity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's not going to change for a while, I don't think. And so... Has there been any thought by you guys in in any of your in any of your venues to just completely overhaul the business model to to accommodate this this reduced capacity like increasing price tasting menu only mandatory you know minimum spend um, multiple sittings increased service like like are you playing with these sorts of ideas um, yeah like I mean it's it's fucking tough you know. Well, we're meeting um, Wednesday to see, like, to make a decision on what the babyface menu will be. Okay. When we do open for however many guests we decide to take um, in a couple of weeks, um, it's still a little bit up in the air. But we're definitely, like, I think it'll be uh, set menu only at a certain price. We'll do a pairing, obviously have our, you know, full booze list available. Um, But, yeah, like, definitely thinking about, like, and moving forward, like, if you want to change anything, now's the time. Yeah. And you so, know, is there like, any, like, I don't know, like, sort of regardless of COVID, Andy, um, just talking about your approach to your food at um, Babyface, like, is there anything that you have thought in the back of your mind for a long time, oh, I wish I could be doing that sort of thing, I'd, I'd have to charge for it, would I be alienating some customers? Like, is there some stuff where you're like, fuck it, yeah, like, we're just going to do what we want to be doing and charge people more for it and like you know what sort of things do you reckon you'll find yourself doing you can be taking some chances when it comes to increasing prices and you know exploring new producers potentially and things like that yeah well, i mean that's like another thing again discussing it all like with gavin jen business partners on um wednesday just to really have a think before you know like it's all good and well we can do sort of we can make some choices and do what we do until these social distancing restrictions have lifted. But um, when they do, like, yeah, like, we'll definitely have a think about how things have been. And because it was all, like, 
to be pretty frank, like it's all pretty broken. Totally. And it's hard well, to in be, the first place. you know, like Simon yeah. will vouch for it. It's pretty hard to be like at the top price point in Wollongong. Mm. Like yeah. when things get quiet, we are the first restaurants to be quiet. You know, like, and then it trickles down. Burger joints will always sell burgers. I mean, like, they'll be like, oh, yeah, cool, we haven't sold as many burgers this week. Like, but when, when it goes, like, the high-end places are the first to go. But at the same time, like, you know, like, I'm not one to be like, okay, I'm going to take a massive backward step here and just, like, cheapen my product after all. Like, mm. you push forward and push forward and push forward. Um, but, uh, you know, these are all questions. Like, a lot, I, I think a lot of restaurants are asking these questions. Yeah. I think... Um, margins are, are so tight at the top that I think that needs uh, obviously that the price needs to go up and I think people need to be maybe a bit more savvy with ingredients as well I think like you know looking at using cheaper cuts and, and I think I think like you know a lot of people will be looking very hard and I think quality will drop as such that people can try and make make some money back um, I think price can go up and quality is going to go down which realistically kind of needs to happen and then that can also go the other way where you can you know charge x amount more and you can keep your quality or you can increase your quality um but it's it's really gonna be tough for a lot of people um who have just had you know two three months of not making any money um there's, it's people gonna really have to look at it and i think it's gonna uh you know dining is gonna suffer to start with i think um i think people will go out to begin with people want to get out but then it's you know they come out for that first expensive meal because they haven't been out for a while. Mm. Did, when, you know, when do they come back? Is it six, six months? Yeah. Another, another couple of months? Mm. That, that, how, that's or, the and how long does the novelty last? Like, exactly. When yeah. we do come yeah. back? Like, yeah. yeah, cool. When, we'll be yeah. booked out. But like, yeah. when, when are people happy how, going for the tasting menu and spending this much money? The next time they go, they come and they go, oh, it's, it's a bit expensive. Yeah. How are you guys, like, in terms of like stinging to go out for a good meal and a couple of drinks yourselves? Like... How are you guys feeling about that? Like, are you guys just stinging to go out and just have a long lunch or, or a nice well, like, dinner or something yeah, like I'm, that? Yeah, I'm fucking super keen to hit, like, a restaurant and just oh, drop some cash yeah. and drink some good wine. And, like, I don't know, the normal thing, like, my week, like, I don't get up too much. I'm usually pretty tired. I'll go play golf on a day off, like, try and exercise, like, be normal for, like, a small amount of my life. Um, <laughs> and then... We'll usually go to the pub, like, on Monday night and drink schooners, like, and that's, like... Or, like, we'll pop down here on a Sunday yeah. sometimes, so get out of these guys. Jen and I will, or with, you know, a couple of mates, like, but we don't get up too much, but I'm definitely, definitely keen to, A, get to the pub and have a oh, scoo. I'm and keen for a beer after work. And, that, um, that's yeah. Because that, that is generally my social life yeah. mm. as a whole, anyway, Yeah, just going for a beer after work. And then you're yeah, definitely we'll, we'll keen to get to tonight. Mm. Yeah, they're um, open, aren't they? Yeah. I actually went up to Sydney last weekend and went to Regazi, so I've been out for dinner. That's good. Yeah, that was really yeah. nice. That was great. Simon and I went to Moomin the other night and had That's a drink. True, yeah. And we yeah. went to Uncle Box and had yeah, a drink as well. Yeah, a little, little pub yeah. crawl. Yeah. Just grabbing 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. 20 minutes in, in <laughs> and, and out. I've been, we've been like tossing up as well. It's like, do you like, I don't know, I kind of said to Jen, is it, is it worth it yet? Like, is it going to be too hard to fucking A, get in anywhere? B, like, I don't want to mm. like... I don't know, take up their space, like just have other people mm. in there for a minute. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't get up to much anyway, so like I'm, I'm pretty happy just chilling. I've been going fishing and golfing and yeah. Andy's caught Jewfish, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, some, caught a few, a uh, few Mulloway. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> with my yeah. mate, yeah. That's, Everyone's that's been doing fun. it, I think. Lot, uh, lots of fishing. I've been doing some fishing too myself. Mm. I mean, 
saying like in saying that there's been a lot of people fishing and in my defense i've like always been a fisherman um so is steph but like there's been like all these <laughs> people you knew about who like all COVID of a sudden fishermen. like fucking kobe Fuck. kobe fishermen yeah. and golfers like oh, golf really? courses are the most popular fucking place on earth now it's I think that's because Trump started playing golf. Trump yeah, plays golf and everyone not, wants let's to... Not, let's not put um, this guy's name on the <laughs> podcast, hey. That's why, that's why Andy started too. When the people I mean. start a looting, people start it. a shooting. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and, and I quote... <laughs> right, I digress. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. What, what, I guess my... Um, the purpose of asking that question, like how you guys... How excited are you guys out about going out and supporting restaurants and that sort of thing is to sort of... Just try to get a gauge of how people are feeling about dining out, like, and that novelty, that novelty that you were talking about. Like, how long will it take for the novelty wear off? For me, like, well, it's probably oh, different for like as chefs, we don't actually get to go. You don't out get that to much go out anyway. that so much, it's, it's yeah. Especially on a Saturday, like, yeah. Like, like the fact I haven't, I hadn't been to a restaurant in like three months was completely normal. That's not for me. Like, too. The, yeah, yeah, like yeah, it, was, it was like I'm stinging to go to a restaurant. It's like. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose it's more pubs and things like that. It would have like been that. nice to like, you know... Yeah, I'm, pub, pubs and bars I'm, for us. Yeah, yeah, I'm, for pretty, sure. yeah. I'm pretty damn keen to, yeah, to get out there and, and spend some money at some restaurants yeah. and stuff like that. Mm. But there's something about the... I don't know. For some reason, and it might just be me being a dickhead, but like it just doesn't feel like a normal night out sort of thing until things are like... That's kind of what I meant. I mean, like it go, doesn't think, feel... Yeah. I don't know. Like when I go out, I like to go have a drink first, go to dinner... Go out after and like yeah, and and really sort of like make a night of it. I, I guess you know, like yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to complain. I'll definitely go to some restaurants and have mm. some dinner and spend some money and things like that. But um, like I, I'm, I feel like I'm almost biding my time a little bit until you know you can really, really just get stuck in. I don't yeah, know. It's, I, it's funny it's, too. It's, I'm just trying to sort of figure out the psychology of how people will be approaching it. Well, like I think that yeah. now, like obviously people are making bookings and things like that. There are restaurants that are doing their two sittings with a set menu only sort of thing and people are starting to go out and really like and, and beginning to, you know, restore and restore their support for the industry and things like that. But Which is awesome. It is, it is so tough to try to project and especially with this economic situation that we face, I, I feel like we definitely haven't seen anywhere near the worst of it yet. Um What's going to happen with the What's going to happen with the dining public? I mean, you can adjust your business models and things like that, but essentially, like we're talking about, we're talking about being more savvy and 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 figuring out ways to increase profit margins and stuff. Which, you know, I mean, the main way to do that is is a price increase. And and I'm just trying to sort of figure out how chefs are trying to think about it because there are so many variables and so many factors to try to include in something like a new menu when you come back, Andy. And, and how you're going to structure it to suit what you're guessing the public might do, and, and, and put your prices up, and when when like and yeah. on the edge of a fucking recession, exactly. Like, yeah. a, but, but like, uh, what people do need to realise is like, shit's broken. And yeah. I know you guys spoke about it a bit, and everyone's been talking about it. But yeah. the general public really need to realise what that means. I think there is more awareness about that now, um, even down to things like people understanding how much like, Uber Eats and Deliveroo take. Um, yeah, I I think that, like, that, it's funny that, that no one. You got to remove yourself from the industry a minute, oh, don't yeah, you? Exactly. Realize that people don't know that. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about that um, quickly, guys? Like, we'll just uh, do we do we? I don't think we touched on it in, in our last one about this, Simon. Um, we spoke a bit, but I think it was before we had actually got like, set up here. Really. Simon, do you want to just give us a, a layout of how 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 much the different services do um, charge and how much it takes away from your profit? I mean, so they they take around thirty thirty five percent 
Um, 35, a bit above 30%. Just, just thereabouts. Yeah. So, it's what, one so if you've got an order of $100, they yeah. take $30 yeah, to $30 deliver that food straight away. Then there, there is, like that's the face fee. Normally there's a setup fee as well. Normally it's kind of like $700 setup fee, which, which they did waive uh, during this, this time. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, great. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's a massive amount. Like, so when you're, when you're looking at, like, I mean, even if you just say for a round number's sake that your profit margin is 10%, I'm fucking rolling in it then. Fucking hell. Be laughing if it was 10%. Um, <laughs> like, so your $100, $100 order, you're, you're only making $10 profit off that anyway. And then you're getting 30% of that whole thing taken off. It, it, it's, just a, it's a massive mark to, to take off. Mm. Um, and obviously, they, it, there's a flip to it. Without them, you don't get the exposure, especially for Night Parrot not being known as a takeaway or, or a food venue as yeah, such. Yeah, that's, that's got to come into it for you We guys. wouldn't have had the, the base. Like our regular customers would have probably kept ordering, but we wouldn't have got those outside things. So overall, it definitely has worked for us. Like it's still a fucking you know, punch in the dick losing 35% of, your, yeah, of each that's, order. That's a definite dick punch. Um, yeah, so um, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I read something the other day that Deliveroo, they, they reckon they're still not a profitable com- a company. Well, then why um, don't they fucking fold? Well, <laughs> <laughs> they clearly are. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, that's what I said. But I mean, like, how much do they put into their app development, their, their marketing, their, their, you know, all these things? So it's like they do a thing. It's, it's quite expensive to use. And, you know, if that's what the company decide to do, then, then go with it. But if, if there is an option of picking up um, or getting the you know, restaurant to live themselves, that, that is a much better way for restaurants. Um, yeah, it's... it's it's that flip side. You can't hate them completely because they've opened up a massive avenue for a lot of people and a lot of people do do very well. I mean, realistically, like, we just put our prices up to cover most of that. Yeah, for um, sure. I think the problem being is some of those small, like little Asian restaurants where people don't want to spend $16 on fried rice. Yeah, that's what they, they, yeah. They're used to spending $12, you know, $12 on, on you know, not the most expensive dish being $12. They're probably the ones who suffer because they probably feel they can't put their prices up. Yeah. And, and I mean, price increase only really works if everyone does it across the board, um, as soon as there's like, as soon as like, if say if every restaurant decided to put their price up, it just takes, just takes one restaurant to go, well, fuck, if we bring our prices down 20% and try and do more covers, which is always going to be someone. And yeah. And, it's, and it kind of undercuts everyone. So it, it needs to be kind of across the board for everyone just to bump their price up. So people get used to like, you know, like a, you know, a, a plate of food shouldn't cost like 12 bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, even like burger and chips should, should be like much more than that. Mm. Like, so it, it, needs to, it needs to kind of be everyone putting their prices up mm. at the same time to better represent what it actually costs to, to make food mm. and to serve it. What, um, what's your experience with the, with the delivery apps and stuff, Andy, down at Two Smoking Barrels? Well, um, we've considered it. We've sat down with all of them. And it, well, just we... So you're not using any of them no, currently? No, we don't use any of them. We've you're got right. two, two of our own delivery guys at yep. the moment and two phones. And yep. We do a lot of delivery. Um, but like obviously, I'm sure nowhere near as much as if you know, our brand was on Deliveroo or Uber Eats. But like the point for us is, is like barbecue is quite expensive to produce, obviously. But to put it in perspective, say you start with a six kilo brisket, you end up with about 3.5 kilos cooked brisket. Mm. If you, if you, and we charge... Our weight, we charge for cooked meat, whereas if you've got a 130-gram burger patty, that gets yeah. you, you charge for that, and it's just mints, and it gets seared by someone in, like, what, four minutes or something, mm. three minutes, and served. Ours takes 10 hours to cook, so you've got to pay someone to cook it for 10 hours. Um, got to buy the wood. So, it's timber, 
Exactly. Mm. We buy good good hardwood, like the best hardwood. Um, it's the wood that makes it good. It, it actually is. Big, yeah, the big That's wood. a great tagline. But, um, <laughs> That's a Seinfeld. I'm looking back. It's the wood that but makes it so, good. Yeah, like we don't take any shortcuts. So we have to chart like our burgers, our brisket roll is $16 with no chips. So it's $19 with chips. But like you'll pay just 18 bucks for a burger with chips, like just a mince patty mm. burger with chips in, in, in any other place. Yeah. But like we're giving you almost double the meat that they're giving you mm. Um, mm. at this brisket costs the same as mince, you know, Yeah. Mm. Um, for us to buy. So that's a bit of perspective. So we can't, for us to put our prices up, like on Uber Eats, our burgers, are for, for us to put that up 30%, like you're looking at a, a $23 burger and chips like we just get laughed out of the fucking app i reckon mm. so we've just chosen i mean maybe maybe not but we've just chosen not to do it like i would rather probably spend the money creating my own app and having three good drivers that i knew and paid myself um that would look after the product and and like spend if we were going to go down that road um but yeah so we just haven't fucked with it like it's just like we just our jaws dropped when we we were like how do people do this and still like not just be giving mm. money away like yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that um, th- there has been a bit of uh, this sort of order direct hashtag slash sort of narrative people you know ho- sharing this message in news articles and on social media um, have you noticed people ordering direct and saying oh we want to order direct well, like, I think actually after that uh, there's a restaurant in Sydney where they put the the breakdown of their costs out and literally, and then a lot of people shared that too, yeah, which was I, great. I think may, maybe I mean maybe it's anecdotal. There's no actual data behind this, but it definitely seemed like we had more people calling us directly because um, we were doing some of our own delivery as well. Um, we actually started delivering ourselves on delivery, which you can do, and then even take thirteen uh, percent. Um, but that we, it took us two weeks to get that set up, and then by then we were allowed to have ten people in, so we yeah. scaled things back then. Um, but yeah, it definitely seemed to notice uh, an increase of people calling us direct or picking up or letting us deliver. We, we also pushed that on our own social media as well that we were doing our own delivery and we're kind of pushing that first and like you know do this order from us, come pick up. If you really have to go on Uber Eats or delivery. Mm-hmm. Interesting and and. We haven't talked about like what's the what's the food truck doing at the moment, Andy? Two smoking barrels is in the form of your bricks and mortar, and also mm. your food truck. Like obviously, mm. you've lost every single event that that you were scheduled to be a part of this year. I'm we, guessing we, we lost. I'm not going to say the figure, but we lost a fucking gargantuan amount of money. Every single wedding we had this year cancelled. Yes, and we do a lot of weddings. A lot, yes, a lot. Um, and they, you know, they're a big part of our yearly income um so that was fucking devastating but i mean at the end of the day it's just like like it's one of those things is like there's nothing you can no control over it completely and um there's nothing you can do about it so we've just kind of i think i feel like after like is it much easier to sort of hibernate a food truck though? Like, I mean, you don't oh, have to... Yeah, like, like, definitely, is it, is aside, it, from, aside yeah. from events like that, it's like we only do... It's not like we're trading seven days a week yeah. or six days a week. Like, so we kind of just... You know, we're pretty good at switching stuff up on our feet. We've been doing this for a while and like um, Gav will just... You know, Gav's adapts and will just be a workhorse. Like he'll just kind of do whatever he's got to do and never utter a complaint about it. Um, so... It actually opened up a heap of new um, places um, to activate 
And what sorts of places? Just it was really good of a lot of people. Like one that we do is Taraji Beach Hotel, and massive thanks to them because that's been a huge part of our income. We do it every um, every Thursday at Taraji Beach Hotel. Just in the car park. Um, car park five till sold out, and it's been it's been pumping. That's like, great. And we've opened it's opened us up to a new audience. Um, I know that a lot of like um, I think. West Illawarra, like there's been places that I know, the Amigos food truck, um, uh, what's um, the Lebanese, Samaras, Lebanese guys, um, they've been doing a lot of their food like in a lot of different places um, and it's opened up some new like audiences for a lot of food mm. trucks and I think, you know, being that, like having a food truck through this time was a massive advantage for two smoking barrels because it's like, well, okay, where can we trade? Let's just go there. Like you have yeah, the advantage you, of literally you driving your business to yeah, where, the, where the, the sales are. So. Especially kind of the, in the suburbs of Wollongong and south up north, there's been a lack of, of delivery options there. So if, yep. you, if you can sort of take your product to them, that's, I think it's been uh, pretty advantageous for a lot mm. of people. Mm, and it's really like, it's, we thought it would be a novelty for like three weeks, but it's, it's really kept going. It's definitely steadied out. Like it was mayhem. For at the start, yeah. For those three events that we do a week, we do Taraji Thursday, um, Ocean Storm, Fishing Tackle in Warilla. We've been doing that for like a long time, but that we've got like a massive following, loyal crowd down there. They're they're awesome. Those I guys. Bought, I bought a fishing rod there them. recently. What's that? I bought a fishing rod there oh, recently. Did you? Well, yeah. Also, you can well, also you get a, ta- a tackle. A you get a tackle, and you can get 150 grams of brisket there and some mac and cheese. <laughs> What's you need? Yeah, and then um, a couple of soft plastics. <laughs> 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 and then um, Saturday, uh, I don't know if you guys know, but Coal Coast Brewing have like their shipping container set up, set up yep. out at Bulleye. Yep. Um, so we've been like setting up next to them and they do like takeaway tins and cocktails and stuff. And um, we have like a like complete drive through set up there. So we it's allowed us as well having that drive through. We've been able to give, you know, put one of our other guys back on and um, sling them some work. So... Like having them, having you know an extra person on out there to take take the food out, and I don't know. It's been it's been fucking interesting to say the least. But like I feel like the guys down there, you know, I'm all baby faced, so like I can't speak for how hard it's been for them. But um, I feel like they've just adapted and did exactly what they had to do, like within a matter of weeks, yeah, um, to just keep things going, mm-hmm. which I think so many people have done. Um. Okay. Well, let's sort of we're not going to take too long with this one this was just the catch up chat but um one thing that we did mention and before this like was the ability for some chefs and restaurateurs and book publishers maybe to um <laughs> to use this as an opportunity to to actually really let some of that tension that's been building up over the last however fucking many years you've been behind the pans and like cleaning grease traps for um, or whatever you've been doing, whatever the fuck you guys there. do, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking shit. To actually de, yeah, to actually de, yeah. to actually <laughs> and take a bit of time and 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 let your let your brain reset and let your body reset and that sort of thing. You want to talk a bit about that, Simon? Like, have you have you had a, a, a break at all? You feel like? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've obviously got the emotional the emotional uh, you know the emotional to- toll that. The whole situation's taking on on a, on you, which is a lingering thing, but on, on a day to day basis, like have you have you found any benefits in 
in these sorts of things? Do you sort of see yourself on a Saturday night? Well, you're busy well, now. Well, I mean, we, we've pretty much been been working from the start. Like it was a week and a bit before we reopened. Like it's been pretty. Yeah, it wasn't long. Well, it's yeah, been okay. it's been been a lot more a lot more chill, a lot less to do. But um, yeah, I, I don't. I'm not seeing this as an enjoyable experience. No, but you, so so. Essentially, I guess the question I'm asking then is like, all the shit that's come with it has it. Like, even though there might be less to do and um, it might be an opportunity, it doesn't sort of balance it out and really give you that opportunity to reset. I, I think, in a way I think the, the, I mean, the the hopefully the positive that might come from this is like we alluded to before of of hospitality businesses being able to set some of their own terms. Um, and if that, that can happen and that can last, that's quite exciting for the future. Um, and I mean, that's kind of what hopefully I want to take from it. I think, think things like, you know, paying up front for your seat, um, you know, being charged if you cancel late, um, you know, price increases. I think if those things can be put into place and become the norm, then that's really good going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully... Um, there's the realization of, of the hospitality model and how how uh, kind of broken it's been to the general public. Hopefully that permeates um, and gets out there. So that's the kind of positive I'm taking from it. I still I, I don't I think some people have been like, oh, as soon as you guys be open, you're going to be slammed and like, yeah, we will be. It's just whether when you take something away from someone and say you can't go there, suddenly everyone's like, oh my god, I'm stinging to go for a drink. And it's like, well, you weren't like that last year when we were, you know, in the dead of winter. You weren't, you weren't stinging to go for a, you know, for a meal and a beer. So it depends whether people uh, kind of stick to that and, and watch changes. But like, I'm trying to see some benefit of that for the future. Okay, cool. Mm, That's so. good. That's um, practical and yeah, mm. good. What about you, Andy? Like, have you has the has the shit has the shitness outweighed the ability to kind of take it take it take a moment or have you been able to have a moment um i have like even like this the last little while it's been better like it was it was fucking it was pretty stressful yeah just not knowing like i think just the not knowing for so long like and then the job keeper stuff was pretty stressful as well as i mentioned before um but like for me just physically working less has been yeah like i've been you know, it's been five or longer, over five years that I've had my own business and worked pretty damn hard. Um, just physically working less has been a bit of a, a de-stress for me. And also, um, I think the other thing I'm kind of finding now is like I'm ready to unload a shitload of new ideas because I haven't been having to constantly think mm. of new things to put on my menu all the time, um, which is a lot of pressure. Um, because, you know, people expect restaurants like ours to stay in front and stay sharp and always have new stuff. Like, yeah. so they'll, go for, they'll go for the same burger every week, but they don't want to have the same tasting no, menu like, every yeah. three months. Like, honestly, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's yeah. kind of is like that. Like, you've got to stay ahead. So it's been, there's been a bit of pressure off for me in, in that sense. And I think, um, I mean, I do thrive on, on the pressure, but like, then I go like way too hard and then I probably Burn should it out. a lot of the time. Um, yeah. Which other people generally tell me because I don't really fucking care because I just want to go hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just an fuck animal. And fuck what they say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so like, um, just yeah. To answer your question, it has after the stress of all the initial bullshit, um, 
actually once it was like okay this is what we're doing now for a minute like when they announced oh you yeah. can reopen i was like oh fuck like does that mean i have to do something now <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's like we can't open to our full capacity anyway so like we're not going back to normal so should i just change what i'm like this routine that i put myself in now like yeah so yeah having you know like i'll do a bit of work on one of the days but like i have three days off like i haven't had three days off yeah in a week like for a fucking long time yep like yeah five years like three days off what what the heck i'm on annual leave mm. like, <laughs> yeah so that's that has been nice just the last few weeks been like okay like I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be, well, be, be fishing I, and I shit think like that. Yeah, like, I, I think. I, well, that. I think you make an interesting point as well, just about the nature of the the creative load on 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 chefs that write menus and 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 with a business like yours, where you're always having to continually update that menu, where your menu development, instead of it being starting from ground level and building it up. As, as, as one unit in, in your position, you're sort of adding things and taking away things. And, and this, oppo- yeah, this opportunity to, to start afresh from scratch and, and, and rethink it from the start for someone that never has any fucking time off and is always in the kitchen and is always thinking about a menu. It's, it, it, it's, a, rare, it's a rare opportunity. Like you don't, for sure. Yeah. So I guess there's another, you know, there's another thing like maybe moving forward, we will start seeing some really interesting things where the where chefs have have had this sort of creative pressure lifted for a little while in terms mm. of menu writing, yep. and and we start seeing some really interesting stuff that's just coming to fruition. I'm sure we will. Yeah, like, I mean, we do anyway, but I'm sure I'm sure like there's a lot of people chomping at the bit. Yeah, to get back into service and putting some stuff on plates. I know I'm sick of putting things in. In fucking in boxes. And I'm yeah. sick. I've got to actually mention as well, the amount of fucking packaging yeah. is just disgraceful. Yeah. Like, and there's no way to get it. If you there's want no to, way if around you want to sell food, like yeah. Yeah. people can't just come and grab it with their hands. And I know. <laughs> it's the, it's the sort of, it's, it's it such a, a it's such yeah, a, yeah. yeah. The, I don't know. I, every time I, every time I buy a takeaway coffee these days, I'm like so torn because it's, you know, it's wasteful, but it's also like businesses need you to buy coffee from them. Yep. So it's like, well, Fuck. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll I think go we can go waste, back. To, we can go back to keep cups soon. Um, now, I, I think don't know. now. Really? Can't we? I mean, don't Maybe. don't nobody quote me on that. Was there? Andy just said we can go back to keep cups. So they, they weren't quoting me on gospel. shit again. They weren't <laughs> banned as such, though, were they? There was just that was just kind of advisable. Yeah, I, and a lot of, a lot of cafes were like, oh, we're not. You know. Yeah, like I mean, like we haven't been forced to, you know, use fucking throw away cutlery or anything yep, yep. so like yeah, okay. so, so i'm assuming that key cups are fine if yeah, if, well, if, sure. if the business is is it you know accepting mm. as it were mm-hmm. um, yeah well if ceramics are now fine to yeah eat, right to eat in like to dine in yeah so i guess i mean some cafes wouldn't because you're bringing it from outside and there's there's a contact point whereas they you know they know they're they can they, clean their own they're shit. cleaning and sanitizing so yeah yeah but okay. i mean yeah if you drink it in have a ceramic yep beautiful all Fancy right ceramic um, all right, let's let's finish on one on on something different. Um, just before we move on from from sort of these effects and just how how everyone's going dealing with this situation, is there any anything else that either of you guys want to mention before we just move on to a last few bits and pieces and then we'll wrap it up? I think the the face of the kind of hospitality pandemic shit show has been restaurants, cafes, and bars. But I think behind that, which probably isn't getting as much. Um, uh, kind of a light shone on, shone on to it is, is the producers 
Yes. Because they're the kind of secondary hit of everything. Um, and even down to like, you know, I, I was ordering some wine the other day and I had to just check with each rep I was texting that they still had a fucking job. So, I mean, there's that knock on for like the reps, people who sell us the stuff and then the producers as well. That's crazy, hey. We've been asking the same yet. questions. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, and even if you're you know, using little farmers and stuff, you'd be like, are you guys still, like, do you still exist? Yeah. So, there probably hasn't been quite as It's a pretty much dire a, question to have to ask everyone. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, a lot of a lot of winemakers, you know, wines are being released or have been released over this this time, and there's no restaurants. There hasn't been any restaurants or bars to sell to them. Obviously, bottle shops have still been fairly strong, but um, there's a big knock-on effect that hasn't really been shown. Um, you know, the people who, who make your booze, people who who you know produce your food and stuff like that. So, I think it's um, you know when when you go into a restaurant or a bar, you're not only helping that the owners of that venue. You're also helping that that extra knock-on effect of, of all the people who've been kind of fucked by that as well. Yeah, who were all like literally the little guy, you know, they're like tiny producers and great people, like the ones we deal with, and yeah. they yeah. need our and, support. And like that's what we've been trying to do yeah. through and our um, like the bottle shop. We've just been trying to each week place an order with. Um, you know, guys have looked after us yeah. before and, and just keep buying a bit of wine um, off them. There was many more that we would have liked too, but like it's just not really possible. Winemakers in Australia in particular have had just the fucking roughest run of it. Mm. Like I was uh, talking to um, my friend Angus Vinden from Hunter Valley the other day and he was just like, you could not get worse than 2020 mm. between the fires, smoke taint, you know, the drought that preceded that. Um, and then suddenly you've, you know, you've got a shit show of a vintage to try and produce some wine. And then suddenly you can't even sell the fucking last year's wine because no one's buying. Mm. So they've New South Wales um, and then South Australia, Adelaide as well with the fires. And, and then on this on top, it has really kind of crippled some people as well. So they've had a fucking rough, rough 12 months of it. Well, the farmer's like, they'd just gotten rain yeah mm. I was speaking with Erica from Epicurean Harvest we just we haven't been getting produce off them for a while um, but we keep in touch still and she said we were just like you know we are just getting back on our feet like after massive drought they'd built this new dam that was just empty and then they finally got heaps of rain out there mm. um, and then this happens you know yeah, yeah. but yeah like massive shout outs to them and um, I think that I think that one thing to yeah like I guess one thing for people to continue to think about is like yeah I think the drought gets forgotten a lot now like yeah. by people in the industry maybe not so much but I think maybe by the general public like when you have a series of events like bushfires and obviously this pandemic there's still r- lots of regions that haven't got much rain yeah. or any rain yep. and are still doing it really tough like this drought has this the drought has had a way worse impact over a much longer period of time than any of the fires and and, yep. and, and this pandemic situation mm. and and so yeah i guess like support farmers where you can and th- and that means that means find them and 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 shop locally and shop with them and you know source source your source your produce consciously um, and support restaurants that also support those farmers because there's going to be nothing left of them and then we're going to be relying on imported fucking food and... California yeah. oranges. I mean, if, if you felt <laughs> shit that you couldn't go for a beer for three months, then in, in context, uh, you know, farmers and producers have gone a good year of having a fucking shit time. Yep. So, um, yeah, as bad as this pandemic's been, obviously it needs some context in, in everything else that's going on and not, not to cover that up. 
um, so we yeah, still need to support local and support mm. small business. Maybe, the world. Uh, yeah, I think maybe Simon will maybe both a, a winemaker somewhere and a, and a, and a, and a restaurant sort of re- restaurant supplying farmer somewhere would be a good yeah, idea to sure. get, him, get him on for a chat yeah, definitely, um, yeah. soon and, and just run it, mm. run it through them. Um, good idea. All right. Well, uh, I think I guess like it's it sounds sort of cliche to say, but um, we have seen a, like a lot of good good in people. Uh, some you know charitable charitable things being done. Some community solidarity and things like that come out of this situation where everyone's sort of in it together. Um, and Simon, you've been doing some work with the newly sort of rebooted Goodwill Only, which is a I, I guess a food a food. Um, an affordable or free food service now um, running out of Little Prince. Tell us about it. Um, so, yeah, so Good Bunny last year, uh, so Scott Maletto and the, the boys from Good Times Only who own Wolf and Prince and Dagwood and Burst and Deaths. Um, so last year we did a, a pay-what-you-feel restaurant um, from a site uh, across the road from Jimmy's Burgers that Jimmy let us use. Um, so this year when, when the pandemic hit, Scott kind of wanted to get that back running um and with kind of lots of hospital people having not much to do there was plenty of volunteers so um but with the pandemic obviously we couldn't do a restaurant couldn't really do um things by donation so we had to do it with uh obviously donations of money and then we uh produce 800 odd meals a week 800 that's great yeah it's a fucking lot of food um and who um, distributes them so we've been given to uh, the Homeless Hub, um, Age Matters, I believe they're called, and then uh, Balambi Neighbourhood Centre. Okay. Um, they, because they're council-owned, when the, the shutdown happened, their kitchen that produces food, normally produces about 800 meals a week for people in the area. They also do uh, breakfast for kids um, that basically can't, can't get food before school, uh, but they had to shut down because they were council run. So there was a you know a, a deficit of food and, and meals down there. So Massive. we've been yeah, um, so we've been yeah sending four hundred odd meals a week to them um, and the rest gets and then they, they, they distribute it to the community and then to other some other organisations who do the same. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, it's been uh, yeah, it's given me something to do. Give me an extra two days of work a week. Yeah, working um, with the yeah. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Some really, really good volunteers have been helping every week, and, and we're really putting some some hard work in as well. Um, so we're doing our little prints. Uh, we're at a Dagwood um, at the moment, um, and we've got another four weeks. I think we're doing before we wrap it up. But um, yeah, we basically managed to do eight hundred meals and minestrone and some curry and we're doing like a little vegan bolognese thing today um, awesome. a lot hey it's yeah a lot oh, it's, it's just a lot of food 800 like, yeah like yeah. when we when scott first saw about it and i started sort of doing some some basic maths workout i was like how much is like do we need 80 kilos of pasta like, <laughs> fuck so much um yeah so it's been it's been, it's been an interesting learning experience the and so we'll see what's possible went pretty hard the first week with minestrone because i was like oh we can just use anything for that and then realized it was just a fucking nightmare. And then uh, some pasta got burnt and then the bag split out the front of Prince. So it's oh, been, uh, no. Lots of things happening. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been um, uh, kind of heartwarming to, to see the reaction of the people who are getting the food. And you can see on the Facebook page, people asking like what's on the menu for next week and, and sort of praising the food again. I think we, you know, we've done some pretty good quality meals for a sort of ragtag team of volunteers 
knocking out food, um, yeah, knocking out 800 portions of food in, in over two days. That's awesome. Um, Amazing. Yeah, it's just been really good. Really enjoyed that. Cool. Um, and it will make another comeback at some point in some form in the future as well, I believe. Great. I mean, fucking hell. Like, I mean, when you think about it, that's 800 people that wouldn't get a meal that day that did. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Or that might not get a meal of, of such nutrition. I mean, yeah. A lot of the time, like if people are eating, if people do rely on those sorts of services and they are eating yeah, food, sure. it's definitely not the highest quality, most nutritious stuff. Yeah, so yeah. It's, um, it's it's still baffling that yeah that there are people in this country that go hungry, or that there's that yeah. there's, there's kids that that don't get breakfast before yeah, that's, school. That's pretty. Like I think that's just fucking hardcore. that's outrageous. The Illawarra the Illawarra also has yeah like is. Disproportionate compared to the to the average when it comes to food mm. insecurity yeah. um, here in the Illawarra. So yeah, I think maybe, yeah, maybe maybe it's not the podcast for the future, but yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Food food insecurity is just a completely outrageous concept in in a rich country. Yep. Um, mm. that, yeah, yeah, it's, it's unfathomable. So it's definitely something that um, I will keep helping out with uh, as long as Scotty keeps organising these random things for me to get involved in. Good on you, Scotty. Good on you, Simon. Mm. Good on you. All the volunteers. Shout out to all the volunteers that have yeah. um, helped out at Goodwill Only as well. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? Looks like, well, I mean, we can just wrap it up. We're here to catch up, here to have a bit of a chat. Hopefully, like, I mean, while we're at it, you know, just thoughts are out there with everyone that everyone in the hospitality industry, every farmer, every producer out there that's doing it tough mm. during this. This is what this podcast is about. It's about talking about the issues at hand in food and hospitality, whether it's production, service, retail, you know, food security, mm. it's the food fight. And, um, yeah. you know, we just want to express that, you know, our thoughts are always with people. And hopefully if, if you get something out of this, if you get an idea out of this, or if at least you know that there's other people that, um, you know, are in it with you, then yeah. hopefully yeah, just, we can do just something. Just mention quickly to, to potential diners and customers to just, please don't be dicks yeah. <laughs> at this time. Mm. Like, show up for your booking on time. Try not to be late. Let us know if you can't come. You know, if, if people are a bit stressed and maybe not quite so uh, quite so yeah. friendly as, as normal. Just back off just, on the bad reviews yeah, for yeah, a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah, just leave them for yeah, a second. Probably, they probably won't be received very well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I mean, and just like... I think be aware of like I know there's a lot of talk of a lot of changes happening within the industry and um, when they do happen in certain places I think people just need to kind of have to be a bit more accepting of of restaurants dictating the terms a little bit more because yeah. it's been far too long where yeah. I, we, we really can't be you've this. had it you've had it too good for too fucking yeah. long yeah we, we can't be this uh, open to um, being fucked over by you know not being able to open for a few months that, that, that I mean that just shows that how slim it is with restaurants that yep. a couple, couple months closure just fucks you yep. so it's um, yeah it might have to be on our terms for a little bit yeah, yeah. and yeah. if and if you've got the money if you haven't lost your job if you if, if life you know if life has sort of followed some form of regular trajectory when it comes to your income and um, ability to spend money get out there and support restaurants like you know f like you always have or yeah, Jeff or continue, continue to just like I mean, it's been said a million times, but we're not going to have... Not all restaurants are going to make it through this. And, and we might see the, the fall off of restaurants folding until, you know, well into next year. Mm. And once this is all done, the hospitality industry, the production industry, all these sorts of things are going to be completely different landscapes. So it, it's, up to, it's up to the public to, to, to get out there and support it, but also to... Um, 
to to listen to the people that that are in the industry and allow them to to kind of do what they need to do in order to survive it so be a bit understanding yeah yeah you can go out for dinner and drinks and feel smug at the same time now it's great it's great <laughs> great time to be alive just let the smugness wash over you <laughs> i'm helping local business and producers mm. <laughs> well you are yeah, exactly well done feel smug <laughs> you smug bastards <laughs> <laughs> all right perfect way to end it anything else guys that's um, it oh quick quick yeah quick yet enormous thank you to everyone that's been coming to both of my businesses to yep. support especially babyface like in the sense that we've completely changed what we've done and people haven't batted an eyelid to order takeaway from us we've had there's been a couple of people that have gotten our takeaway menu once a week every week since we great since we shut down um and everyone That's that lines great. up for the bake sale. Good on you, whoever that is. We actually had no idea this many people fucking liked us, hey? But yeah. Thanks, guys. Mm. It's been, we wouldn't, all every fucking loaf of bread, every bottle of wine everyone's bought, like it all adds up to the end of the week to, mm. to us. Um, I think, um, I think a good, I think a good like indicator of like how, I think there's the, I mean, we're going to go down another tangent here, but let's do it. Like, there's, there still continues to be a misconception that if you own a restaurant and it's well, if it has a decent reputation, you're killing it. You know what I mean? In terms of money, you're making yeah. good money. Well, if you look on the Instagram of that restaurant that you think people are killing it and they're like, we've got three loaves of bread left to sell and they're actually taking the time to do that post so they can make 16 bucks, then... Maybe they're not killing it because what are you going to do for 16 bucks at your job? Like, are you going to make a post about it and sell people that shit? Yeah, exactly. So, you know. If, 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 what will a, Andy do next for 16 bucks? Yeah. Tune in next week to find out. Tune in next week to find out. Babyface jackass. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I just thought it interesting. Like, uh, there's not many businesses out there that, that are flogging like a couple of loaves of bread oh, on their yeah. Instagram. You know, I'm going to get shot out of yeah. a cannon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, next like week. A lawyer doesn't go like, "Oh, we just had our last appointment cancelled. Can anyone come and fill it last minute?" Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, fuck, doesn't yeah. work like that. We just had a <laughs> so, two fucking posts. And we share, just had a 15-minute consultation cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Get in by two o'clock yeah, and yeah. you can have it. Do a special deal. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an interesting one. All right, well, guys out there, listeners out there, I mean, you've probably heard enough of our voices, but as usual, you can uh, support our podcast by going on iTunes and giving us five stars. No less will be accepted, only five stars allowed. Yeah, um, yeah you can find me at Quicksand Food. Oh, shout out to book publishers out there, well, independent independent local book publishers like me. Uh did, did my first run of deliveries last week since the, probably the beginning of the pandemic. So nice. people, I, yeah, I haven't sold any books for three months. Um, luckily, I've got other, other I've got, got a new job, which I do two days a week now. But um, get out there and get out there and support local retailers as well. Like if people are making shit, um, you know, people haven't been out and about shopping and things like that. So whether, whether it's a restaurant or, or whatever, I mean, yeah, you want to buy your shit on fucking Amazon because it's cheap, but also there's people like in your community that are making stuff and um, they need your support too and that money goes back into your community. So the more you can support local retailers, um, the better it is for me. So buy books, 
Yay. Uh, quicksand food. Andy, you can find him at Babyface and Two Smoking Barrels. Simon, you can find him at Caveau and Simon Evans and Night Parrot. I'm just going to say it all for you. Um, there, oh, you can email this podcast. If you want to ask us some questions, Simon and I'll answer some questions on an upcoming Small Bites episode, um, the Food Fight Podcast at gmail.com. And that'll probably do us. And I'm going to wrestle a bear. And Andy's going to wrestle a bear for 16, <laughs> 16 bucks. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next Cheers. episode. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.